I'm way too big to drive to the devil's house. This is episode 24 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprigg. I'm Jess Geyer. And today we have my friend and other person who really likes this movie, Ben. You want, do, you want, ben. do you want your full name out there, Ben? I don't know if you do. I don't think you care. You can go with the old Facebook Ben Scott. Old Ben Scott. <laughs> Everyone knows him. And uh, Ben did uh, our opening quote. It's the first time that Alex hasn't done an opening quote. Yeah. Ben Ben does a good Dante voice. I've known it for years. So We've also talked about Ben several times already on this podcast. Yeah. I have listened to a couple episodes and uh, heard you talk about how I can open, or not open mouth kiss you, but kiss you on the mouth. Yeah, so. you, you Frito kiss me. There we go. That's Wait, the word for it. what? Yeah, when... <laughs> he kissed me and then said I was gonna die or something. I don't exactly remember, but it's the I don't remember talking about this yeah. on this podcast. It's the Godfather. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Frito like the chips. <laughs> oh, that's way grosser. He <laughs> wet his lips, dipped them in Fritos, and then oh, I was thinking like spitting Fritos into someone else's mouth. They're yeah, both pretty gross. bad. Well, oh, no. This week, today, shit, not week. It's one day we watch Grandma's Boy the the best movie in the adam sandler universe i don't know about that but these two really like the movie <laughs> easily my favorite comedy without yeah, a doubt I'd, I'd say so um real quick it's a one star sandler movie it is produced by happy madison productions um but it stars alan covert not adam sandler adam sandler didn't write it so it's not super influential probably but it does show off the talent of the b squad Except down COVID yeah. is the A squad. Yeah. See, I never like I had never seen this movie. I really didn't know much about it other than what you had said about it. So when we went past the credits, like the opening credits, and Alan Covert was still on the screen, I was like, Oh, is Adam Sandler not even in this movie? <laughs> uh I was kinda surprised by that. Yeah, it's uh it's his first it might be the only movie he stars in ever, but I don't know. <laughs> It was a good time. Uh, Adam Covert as the lead? I think you're correct in that. Yeah. Now, real quick, do you guys want to guess how many times I laughed at this movie? No, I want to see what this podcast is. Oh, this yeah. is a podcast where we're watching all 60 Adam Sandler <laughs> and Adam Sandler adjacent movies every day in a row. And why are we doing this, Alex? To find the artistic merit and the soul of Adam Sandler and decide, does he deserve all the hate? If you ask, if I watch this movie and then you ask me, does Adam Sandler deserve the hate for this? I would be confused. Number one, because he's not, he doesn't even make a cameo performance. And then number two, I'd say no, because I actually, I found this movie pretty enjoyable. So what did the critics, what did the critics say? Well, Let's no, see. real quick. Um, I want to get into critics after. How many times do you think I laughed at this movie? I'm going to go with 30 to 40. Jess? I think it was less than that, actually. I don't think you laughed that much, but maybe every time I laugh is when you were laughing. I can't believe you're that wrong um, with being in the same room as me. I laughed 74 times at this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's almost probably because I was laughing minute. at the same time, yeah. <laughs> I know it's like a nostalgia. This is the funniest movie I've ever seen. I, I oh die every time I see this movie. I watched it last night going to bed deep in the night, and I just had a smile on my face the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably my, my thousandth time seeing it, and it was still as good as the first. Well, not as good as the yeah. first, but two through 999, definitely. <laughs> so I, I originally got this movie because uh, I was changing in a locker room for uh, to snowboard, and some guy moved my stuff off a bench and just pushed it on the ground. And when I came out, I saw he had just pushed all my shit on the ground. And my brother went, when he left, just threw his bag on the ground as like a, hey, fuck that guy thing. And this movie came out of his duffel bag and we stole it. <laughs> and then I watched the movie like a hundred times that winter. That was great viral marketing yeah. on the part of Happy Madison. It was actually Alan Covert just being a dick to people and then dropping the DVD, hoping more people would watch it. <laughs> Good news for me. I uh, popped on Amazon to see how much it cost. It said 10 bucks to buy it. Promo for $3.41. You make that deal every time. I, I, I am uh, embarrassed we rented it. how much yeah. we've spent on Adam Sandler movies so far. <laughs> Some of them just aren't on streaming what's, stuff. What's the total? It's I think it's uh, 40 bucks. Oh, God. Yeah, it's That's... 4 bucks a movie, but about half of them are on streaming stuff. 
But That's more money than many people spend on Adam Sandler movies in a year. I think the average is uh, like 15. Actually, uh, the average person consumes 14 Adam Sandler movies a year. In their sleep, <laughs> Yeah, though, in right? their sleep. Okay, yeah. All right. Did you come up with that statistic? Speaking of statistics, what do you guys think the critic score and the audience score of this movie is on Rotten Tomatoes? You mean, is it correlated all with the IMDb? Because it kind of cheated and looked at that. Not really. Okay. Audience score is going to be high on Rotten Tomatoes. Borderline a cult classic. Mm. I also don't know the scale. I'm going to say 65% for audience score, but I'm going to say that critics gave it like uh, in the 30s. I think we got a go critics. We got a real longest yard situation on our hands. Mm-hmm. Go critics forty, audience eighty. Okay, it is by far the most di- decisive movie with a critic score of sixteen and an audience divisive. The audience score is eighty five. What the fuck? Yeah, critics what? fucking hated this movie, and people that love it. Wild. Yeah, I mean, taste. it is it is crazy how like much critics hated this movie. Um, I'm surprised that the audience rated it that high. I mean, it must really be a cult classic. Damn. I mean, it it does really strike true if you play video games and shit talk with your friends. And it's and also, weed. I was going to say, it's one of the few movies involving weed that don't treat weed like it's fucking like 10 hits of acid. You know, like they're not getting high and then like melting into like a, a painting. Like in the yeah, last movie. Yeah, a painting movie. of a <laughs> yeah of a Dutch milkmaid yeah, or whatever. They're, yeah, they're getting high and then playing video games because that's pretty much what people do when they're high. But yeah, the I may require therapy after seeing this. That was a good a good choice quote. Critics yeah. said that. Oh, this is a replacement for therapy. <laughs> Every time I'm <laughs> sad, I just watch this movie and things are okay again. I'm not lying to you when I said I had a smile ear to ear laying in bed at midnight just watching this movie. It is. I, I'm just I'm looking at this tomato meter score, and I, I it's so wild to me. That's the biggest gap. Yeah. That we've seen. Also, this one's good. Grandma's Boy is an Adam Sandler comedy without Adam Sandler, which is kind of like getting a root canal without the dentist. Like, you just being a dick. Like. <laughs> you don't have a point there that doesn't even make sense you just wouldn't get a root canal if the dentist wasn't there but uh i also want to point out if you look at the the top reviews from the audience steve uh steven e gave it one star twice so it's higher than 85 percent. there's there's some astroturfing in there yeah and it also looks like rotten tomatoes is putting the one stars up there but not obviously okay because these are super reviewers i guess yeah super reviewers just mean that they're assholes too does that mean they just review a lot which like maybe if you maybe if you watch enough movies eventually grandma's boy is bad but if you watch enough movies for this to be bad you should just stop watching movies oh you know (laughs) one thing i forgot to do ben What's your relationship with Adam Sandler movies? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you have an opinion? I mean, there's a couple. It's 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 hit or miss. I mean, a whole. I'm pretty satisfied with my experience with the old the old Sandman. Um, a lot of people didn't like that's my boy. I love that's my boy. Uh, the, there's the there's the staples with Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Daddy. I will say. HS tape below the cabinet in my parents' house. You're also the only person I've ever met who was it a six point one. If it, if a movie is above a six point one on IMBD, you'll watch it no matter what. Give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 searched the depths of uh, Netflix at this point. It's the uh, well. I actually came up with a second metric. It's six point two. If it's a six point two or higher, I will watch it no matter what it is. A horror movie, you got to drop that low. Berg is like a four point eight because they just get. Literated on the yeah, scale. critics hate horror movies in general, except for the ones they really like, which yeah, whatever. But before we get into more detail about it, Jess, you wanna you wanna go through the plot review real quick? Yeah, and I, I feel like I'm going to be talking about the Bible to a couple of priests, so feel free to interrupt whenever. Okay. Uh Alex, played by Alan Covert, is getting kicked out of his house because his roommate, Jonathan Lofren, has spent all of their rent money on sex workers. So he needs a place to stay. And at first, he asks his weed dealer, Dante, played by Peter Dante, 
But Dante says that it's his house and his office at the same time. And also he talks about how he's getting a lion. Um, And uh, even though Alex's grandma, Lily, played by Doris Roberts, offers her place, Alex ends up staying with Jeff, played by Nick Swartzen, in his parents' house, uh, which was just a funny scene overall. Uh, After a mishap with a Lara Lara Croft doll, he spends the night in his office instead. I I, want to point out real quick (laughs) that Ben is texting me quotes so that he doesn't yell them out while you explain this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not hookers, they're massage therapists, all right? That's why I call them sex workers. Well, they're massage therapists, not sex workers, so. Right, it's Madame Kamei's palace. Alex is woken up the next morning by Samantha, played by Linda Cardellini, a.k.a. Velma, who has been hired in their office to make sure that the development of the game Eternal Death Slayer 3 is completed on time. Eternal Death Slayer 3 is created by JP, who is a neo-wannabe computer genius, I guess, like, game design genius. Yeah, and, he made the first Eternal Death Slayer age 13. And by neo-wannabe, she does not mean a new wannabe. She wants to be Neo from the Matrix. He. Oh, that, you made it sound like I want to be Neo. <laughs> that's what I, I was saying that you wanted to be Neo from the Matrix. That's what I meant there. I do. I do. You just hide um, it sometimes. In fact, I read about JP that he's loosely based on Cliffy B from the Gears of War. Yeah, right? I'm gonna talk about that a lot because I actually know a decent amount about Cliffy B. Uh. Anyway, um. Uh, JP is supposed to be working on the second major release for the company in that single year, so that's why they're trying to like get this this game out on time. Kevin Nealon plays their weird hippie boss, uh, who I I love the character of, and he just does not fit into this office at all. It's the best. Um, Alex stays with his grandma the next night and doesn't get a lot of sleep because his grandma pranks him at night, pretending to be the the ghost of her former dead roommate and then he's woken up at 6 a.m and has to do a bunch of chores uh he also shows his grandma the game he's working on demonic uh it's a game that he's been working on in his free time for three years and she takes the controller and plays and like doesn't let him play anymore like she takes over the tv basically with it and in addition she and her roommates uh grace and b get addicted to antiques roadshow on tv so, really, Alan Covert isn't getting any of his work done because he has to, like, find the bugs. He's, like, a... He's a, he's a quality tester. A video game tester. Yeah, he's a quality tester. Um, so, he gets them tickets to the real Antiques Roadshow to get him out of the house so he can get his work done. Um, we also learned that the game design isn't really going well for JP, but uh, the Eternal Death Slayer 3 team gets all of their work done and they get the game ready and they celebrate by going out but jp doesn't end up joining them they end up back at grandma lily's place because nick swartzen has to take a number two uh, where they discover that lily grace and b have drunk all of alex's weed uh, because he put it in a tea tin i i saw that coming because i knew what he put it in because i am also an old grandma uh, i know what a tea tin is i have a question can you make weed tea yes Okay. You can make weed anything now. That's true. I'm I do remember sure. the last time I imbibed, it was the strawberry lemonade I was given by Asif. And then he said, wow. I remember yeah, what he happened. said, wow, that's a big sip. And then I couldn't talk for the rest of the night. Um, I would imagine, like, <laughs> the amount of weed that they, they steeped in this tea. I don't know if they should have been coherent after, but who knows how that affects old people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was because they were old. And that one lady was crossfaded. Uh, <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, oh, party begins. Uh, yeah, they they get high as fuck is what I wrote. Uh, so they call over Dante <laughs> because um, all of Alex's weed is gone and Samantha wants to smoke a joint. So they call over Dante to get more weed and he ends up inviting a bunch of friends and they have a rager. Grace ends up having sex with Nick Swardson. Uh... <laughs> And Alex and Samantha, they just have a good time at the party. During that party, they also prank call JP, but we don't get to hear their message um, until later. The next morning, Samantha and Alex kiss at her hotel when he's dropping her off. And uh, JP later comes over to Lily's and sobs to Alex, like drooling sobs about his treatment due to the prank call. Uh, 
Alex ends up showing him the game Demonic, and JP says he's gonna t- he'll take it and give him some notes. But JP, what JP actually does is steal the game, and he passes it off as his own. So Alex, pissed off because he can't prove it because he hasn't shown it to anyone or talked about it, and he doesn't have another copy, he quits his job, and he goes to smoke up with Dante. Um, and Samantha finds out that Lily is the only other person who knows about Demonic, and Lily ends up playing JP one-on-one in the game and proves that it really is her grandson's game after all. Six months later, they have the release party for Demonic. Now, I skipped a lot of stuff, including the scene that made me laugh the hardest, which was the chimpanzee doing a flying kick downstairs at its karate master. (laughs) Which Uh, is like... (laughs) One of the people from uh, Kung Pao Fist of Fury, which just makes that funnier for me. Yeah, there's... Mr. Lee Ho's in yeah. that movie? Yeah, Mr. Lee Ho's in the movie, yeah. I love that you know that character's name, dude. <laughs> Told you, I've seen this movie a thousand <laughs> Mr. times. Mr. Lee Ho's in that movie? It's like, uh, Mr. Lee Ho. There's a lot in this movie that doesn't actually have anything to do with the main plot, and I just kind of wanted mm-hmm. to cover the main plot. Yeah. Uh, Like... There's the whole subplot with all the animals that Dante gets. There's um, Which, there's the very problematic portrayal of Dr. Shakula. Shakalu. Shakalu. Dr. Shakalu. Shakalu, thank he's you. Also, he's also fluent in Chinese, I might add. And French. He spoke French at one point. It, it did say on his IMBD page that he speaks six fluent languages. But he is dressed up like a... Uh, like indigenous person throughout the entire movie which is a little a little iffy yeah it's it's um again a very problematic portrayal um not the worst racist portrayal we have seen in an adam sandler movie oh not even close not even close and and you know even though he does make such a recurring piece this is also not the only movie that that character is in by adam sandler oh i didn't know that because he also makes an appearance in that's my boy I feel like he's also in, I remember, Just Go With It. Which one's he with Jennifer Aniston? I, I think oh, a I don't few, know. right? That's like a later movie, though. I think he's in one of those, too. Maybe it's blending. I don't know. It gets a little crazy towards the end of the Sandler. Um, yeah, but I just Blended, feel like... And he's in George of the Jungle. He's still in George of the Jungle out there in case Joe's listening. He's in George of the yeah. Jungle? That's a Brendan Joe's Fraser real movie. Pumped, but... Yeah. <laughs> I loved that movie when I was a kid, George of the Jungle. Yeah, that's a top one. Um, yeah, it's watchable. Yeah, so I think the not like the underlying theme, but the actually kind of also the theme of the movie though is the fact that it's a bunch of kind of immature guys, and by kind I mean very immature guys, shit talking each other constantly while playing video games, which sounds maybe boring, but is actually extremely funny, mostly because they had Nick Swartzen rewrite a lot of the dialogue. And then they uh, uh, improv a lot of the dialogue. And it's the first movie that like ever was realistic in its portrayal of video games, going as far as to use a real in-development game as the one they're like working on. I mean, yeah, tell me, tell me about Demonic, because that's the game you're talking about, right? Yeah, so it was made by tell me about it. Terminal Reality. Um, they are a notoriously kind of shitty game development company, to be honest. Um, they made... Was it Blood Rain, I think? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, Death Slayer 3 is actually like a homage to Blood Rain 2. Yeah. I, I read that today. Which <laughs> I did my research. Like, they, they made so many bad games, basically. Can I just interject real quick? This demonic game looks just yeah. awful. It, does, it, does. it doesn't look like a fun game no. at all. So, and what, is it a fighting game? Because in the end, it's like a fighting a demon, game. I believe his direct description is you're a demon summon from hell out a meth lab which is like what i think the game is but at the same time <laughs> they fight each other in an arena two demons at the end so there yeah. is like, so who is the versus mode who's the good guy versus the versus mode what i mean what guy who's the good guy in in the game oh, is it the demon the demon cleaning out the meth okay. lab okay so i, I actually who, oh, the drug dealer no, I, I listened who summoned... to the thing this demon uh can be called up by anyone and then he has to embody that person. But then there's no health packs in the game. So if you're about to die in a human body, you have to transfer to another body. So it was a bad game. It was just a bad game. They canceled it. They ended up not yeah. making it. So. They did end up making, though, Def Jam Rap Star. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loved oh. that. 
and uh, Blair Witch Volume 1, Rustin Parr. I might actually play a game like that. That sounds scary. I I don't know what Rustin Parr is. Is that someone's name? Yeah. Sounds like it. But yeah. Uh, I mean, that said, though, the... <laughs> wait, wait. It's the Blair Witch Golf game? <laughs> Rustin Parr. <laughs> Blair Witch Golf game? <laughs> <laughs> If you get a bogey, it's actually a spooky and she'll get you. Uh, but uh, yeah. the video games in the game, in the movie, they work, which has never, in my opinion, been done before. Even like, uh, what's that movie with Matthew Broderick? War games. Like the video games and war games. Yeah. It was just boring and lame. He just ended up playing chess. But they understood that like they people do just sit around and talk shit to each other while playing a game. He did that yeah. today. I liked that the focus when they were playing the games wasn't on the video game, like the TV screen itself the entire time they were playing, because I always find that to be very boring in a movie. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they used real games, too. I don't know because... if Frog Hop is a real game, but... Well, it doesn't matter. It was real <laughs> it's, looking. It's frog yeah, Frog Bog, sorry. The game's called Frog Bog. It was real looking. It was real enough looking that I would believe that it was a real game. It's not, I'm going to like be in this game and it's going to be like, this character looks like me now. And, you know, it's, yeah. Sorry, Frog Bog's real. It has like real. actual mechanics. I was wrong. Before we get too far away from Frog Bog, do you know what Alex's winning score was in Frog Bog? 420. <laughs> he also lived They have a lot of 420 numbers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Four, I was going to say, 420 only appears one other time in the movie. Could you name it? But well done. Sure can. <laughs> this is a movie I know a lot of trivia about. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to hit you with some trivia questions later. The thing, though, is it does turn into where the negative part of gaming is in that everyone in that office is fucking weird to the one girl who works there yeah there are no other women in the office at all except for samantha and alan covert even mentions that she doesn't fit in not because she's a woman but because she's a hot woman and you know she's like constantly sexually harassed basically in this entire movie it's it's pretty she does a good job of keeping a stiff upper lip about it but she is the manic pixie dream girl in this movie she is the most unrealistic part about it. Yeah, basically. Um, the, it, it is a good example, though, of why uh, people will complain about how if there's so few women in tech, why why don't you go into tech? And then they just show that, like, because uh, they get harassed constantly, so it's not really worth staying there. And then yeah, like, a self-sufficient thing. They They did a good job, though, in this, of every character who hits on her is so awkward and like lame in their own way that I I never really felt like oof that's that's a really gross scene except for JP JP kind of <laughs> did that <laughs> but like when Jonah Hill says something you're just like whatever you need Samantha yeah wh- whatever you need and then Nick Schwartzens you know yeah let's do it not let's sex it. though <laughs> I didn't mean sex <laughs> like it's that type of stuff. They, they're they so, like, innocent about it. Yeah, that's why I think it's really funny that most of their, like, jokes and ribbing to each other were about sex. Like, in the beginning of the movie, Alan Covert pretends that he was, is really tired because he was up all night having a threesome with his roommates, he said. But really, it was, like, grandma's. And, yeah, he had to wake up like, early and do chores. But he realizes that that's not a cool thing to say, that you were having a threesome with a bunch of people in front of the woman that you're trying to impress in the office. So, like, the difference between, like, trying to impress my my guy friends versus trying to impress this woman, I like that they had that scene in there where <laughs> where the other guys are like, oh, no, yeah, he was up all night with a, in an orgy or whatever they said. Yeah, and that Jonah Hill doesn't get why he would be not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you literally no, just I, I really said you were having funny. sex with them all. And then all the all the people that work at Brainasium are pretty much children. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they're literally children. Like Schwartz's character lives his mom. He sleeps in a car bed. It's a really um, freaking <laughs> sweet <laughs> car bed, though. I don't I don't know any professional named Tom that goes by Tommy. Um, There's Bobby. They're just all, all children in the in the and then Adam Covert is like their their father figure. Yeah, they all call him Graybush because he's the only <laughs> older person at the office. Um. 
Yeah, I, I forgot, yeah, though, I... when they have that DDR scene, how young the guy he's playing looks. Oh, the DDR scene is phenomenal. I, I think that's my most quoted scene from a movie ever. Is Yeah, go ahead. Take off that uh, Woody Allen jacket. That'll help. And the, the what's high score mean? Did I break it? Do high score mean? I do say that quite a bit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I liked that. I like how I said that uh, they portray video games realistically, and then you have the DDR scene. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Something I did notice. Something I did notice. Actually, for the first time watching it yesterday or today, whatever that midnight overlap was, is. When um, they come back in to like help out, uh, prove it's Alex's game or whatever. Nick Swartzen is just getting done dancing, dripping sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's like let me know if you want to go again, Bobby. <laughs> and the God, the why are you so sweaty? I just started a Fight Club. <laughs> just him oh, trying to so act funny. masculine is so good. I love. I don't know why, but God. Favorite, my favorite quote of Nick Swartz in the whole movie is when he's going through his lunch and he just goes, way to go, mom. <laughs> I don't know why I love that line so much. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah, why? I They portray video games as a very, like an immature thing, but they also have JP, who's arguably trying to act mature, be the least mature of all of them. Yeah, and I that's because... He, he became rich and famous at a young age, so he's in, like, that I never had to mature in any way thing. I mean, yeah. you can get a... The Legend of Zelda before he can walk. <laughs> but uh, he he cannot handle dealing with other people. And you almost feel bad for him at parts, especially when he's crying. But he's just such a dick to everyone yeah. that he, like, he calls people peasants and knaves and says milady all the time, which is, like worse now because i know people said milady 15 years ago but if you hear it now you're like oh i i get what that guy's about um yeah that and the the whole thing of him being based on cliffy b slightly is like cliffy b sucks and he was famous at a young age and he just became like a huge dickbag about it and i have some i have some good quotes of why he's uh the kind of person they would make fun of yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about this person. So. so he became a more recognized name when he made Gears of War after this movie came out. But he was one of the designers for Unreal Tournament um, and made a bunch of sequels for that. And he, let me give you two of my quotes for um, this. This isn't before the movie came out, but whatever. This one's about a restaurant he in, uh, invested in. The goal was always to ensure that our employees would be the absolute best in the business. The breeding program was harsh. I won't deny that, but I think the results speak for themselves. Do we use human growth hormones? Yes, we do. Is it the best meat I've ever eaten? Yes, it is. Actually, that might not have been his uh, restaurant. He owns a restaurant now. That might have just been him talking about, you know, being shitty to his employees and how good a thing it was. So that's not great, saying that he, he doesn't actually give HGH to employees, but he acts like he does because it's a good thing. And I mean, yeah... That seems pretty. He called it a breeding common. program. Yeah, <laughs> that's Ugh. that's bad. Um, here's one about uh how deep his lore is. Marcus Phoenix. That's one of my most iconic characters. I remember him well from the game Geared for War, which is the game which I made. Marcus' background is actually really interesting. His last name Phoenix is inspired by the mythical mythical mythological bird, the Rock. I changed the spelling to make it less what? obvious. The Rock and Phoenix are different birds. I know. <laughs> he doesn't. He, j- he just thinks he's really deep because of that. Um, also, if you don't know Gears of War, the character design is every guy has taken a thousand steroids, and they all look like Batista's older brother in every game. <laughs> Absolute yeah. beast. Like, you remember that? Love yeah, that game. It's a good game. You remember that one picture of Benny where, like, he looks like he would eat us all? When he's flexing after working out. I always have to do my snack. But they all look like that. Alright, and here's my last uh, quote. I challenge everyone I meet to spell my last name correctly on the very first attempt. Those who fail this test are referred to as the unworthy and are earmarked for reprocessing. What's his last I thought last... you meant you. I was about to fire Sprog off like that. <laughs> what's, what's his last name? Uh, 
Blazinski. He makes good games for the most part. His latest game was a complete failure. Um, but he is constantly shit talks uh, the people who buy his games is one of the big things, which is why I think they made, you know, JP. Obviously, his name rhymes with Cliffy B. Um, Nick Swartzen is an avid gamer and knows all this stuff about gaming. And I think he probably purposely did it to make fun of just Cliffy B for being shitty to people. Um, I also want to point out about a month ago, I beat Nick Swartzen in Valorant and talk, asked him if the sequel for this game was coming out, and he said 2021. You don't know it was Nick Swartzen. Who else would name themselves Nick Swartzen in the game? That's a ridiculous ben. thing. Ben. Yeah, ben, ben, ben would do it. Any, any, I would probably do it just to convince you that I was Nick Swartzen. Uh, well, he sucked, so if, he, if, it, if it was a I mean, ruse. Was a <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's interesting seeing them kind of make the villain of the story uh, based off a real person they just want to make fun of. Who is like a millionaire? The guy drives around in a was it Avaganto La- Lamborghini? I don't know what it's called. They show his car. No, in the no, movie? in real life, Cliffy B does. Oh, I thought you were talking about no. JP. Yeah. They gave no, uh, JP just has that. They that gave JP a segue. It wasn't a segue. It was had four wheels. Segue has two. You'll learn that when we watch Paul Blart. Oh my, my apologies. Paul Blart's part of this universe. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the Blartiverse. Oh man, this is thick. <laughs> That is the always the first word that comes to mind when thinking of that mall cop. Okay, I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about, about the video games maturity thing, mm-hmm. though, because obviously this is all underneath the layer of the grandma and her roommates, and like w- like old people represent a different level of maturity in your expectations of them. Uh, like, we would expect a bunch of gamers, like, young gamer guys to act immaturely. We don't expect the grandma to act immaturely by pranking her grandson at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish, this is one of my complaints about this movie, I wish that there were there was more with the grandma and her two friends acting more slightly immaturely toward the beginning of the movie like if there were more similar like just just a couple scenes sprinkled in with the like how the grandma pranks him or you see that um the other woman uh who's the one who gave a hand job to charlie chaplin her name is grace Grace. grace constantly is ribbing alex in the movie and it shows that when you give them something like the cooking channel or antiques roadshow they also will sit down there and watch it and be like super entertained yeah, for a long true. time. And then even when they give uh, the grandma a video game, she sits down and plays it and enjoys it a lot. It's basically they're all equally immature in the long run. It's just what type of thing they've been given changes. I just wish that they had spent more time on it. Oh, yeah, true. Because those scenes were all relatively short. Mm-hmm. And even in the party that they throw, the the I'm just going to call them all the grandmas because that's how I see them. The grandmas are, except for Grace, because she has her own sex scene with, with Nick. It's not a sex scene, but you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Uh, like, B is kind of in the background the whole time. She's always doing funny stuff, like she's selling all of her pills or giving them away or whatever. Well, B also has a, at the beginning of the party, is just doing karaoke. Yeah, I mean, but she's like, always kind of in the background she's not like an active player in the party mm. where everything else is going on in the foreground and even he also never really has like a real conversation with anybody yeah, yeah. i think the only yeah, time she, she talks yeah. is when she's high and then she's singing the lily i mean i guess she does she she comes up a few times because she's trying to give people food and everything mm. uh which is something that you would expect a grandma to do but she's also like incredibly high at the same time yeah she makes ice cream sandwiches on wheat with lettuce yeah as you get colonel crack colonel crackers to the biker and i guess she is more i'm like when i was thinking about it i was mostly thinking of some other scenes but yeah. now that i'm now that i'm like really thinking about it she, i guess they were a little bit more active yeah you're realizing that this was a perfectly crafted movie i understand i'm not saying that absolutely dynamite I, in my discuss mis- discussion notes i stand by it this movie had too much boy not enough grandma I want more grandma. Oh, I get that. Oh, I've only seen the movie one time, right? There's a lot of grandma hidden in the cracks that you get at after a few views. <laughs> it's like an Ari like Aster the movie. There's stuff going on in the background. Grandma is pretty profound throughout the whole story. I mean, I would almost argue that she's got the second most screen time other than Alex. Maybe JP. Mm-hmm. In the movie quite a bit. I mean, 
Alex is definitely the main character, although the ones kind of surround him. But it, it's definitely him, him, Lily, and Sam are the the main characters. I, I want more grandma background though. I want to know why she has roommates. I want to know like what was going on with Sophie. I want to know who's, like did she who's have Sophie? She oh, have Sophie died. Yeah, she, yeah, this the dead. Do you want to know something about a mean and cruel lady who died next? Yeah, to they, her they said she was filled with hate. I want a grandma's boy prequel. I want a grandma. She, we she only says she was filled with hate because she was gonna prank her grandson and thinking that she died and she was the ghost. No, Alex knows no. the woman. <laughs> They they represent the fact that he knows her that he is a bit of a grandma's boy and does go to her house regularly and stuff, which is does he though because he goes, Sophie was so and then the grandma and then Lily says so mean and full of hate. When, but, but when I mean, he goes into the room that he's going to be staying in, he looks around like, oh wow, this is really nice. Like he's never seen the place before. That's like well, why I he's think... never been in her bedroom. That would be weird. He also had never met Grace before. Ah, shit, you're right. He also didn't. He also didn't really want to stay there. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. He didn't go over to his grandma's house. He wasn't a grandma's boy before this. He became a grandma's he, boy. He had met Sophie already, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why you want a prequel, though. I mean, I'd I watch that prequel, joking. especially if it was Nick Swartzen in his forties pretending to be like fifteen, or or just Adam Covert just messing up as an accountant. Very <laughs> baked. <laughs> I would watch a movie where Alan Cover is just high all the time playing like Tetris on his computer. And then I quitting. want I want Peter Dante to have his own movie is what I actually yeah, want. Yeah, does play. he have a movie where he stars? I, I don't think so. I, I will look at the IMDb right I'm now. I'm thinking like, I don't if think he so. did though, I don't think I could handle it, you know? After a while, I'd probably just start losing my mind because I feel like he talks really slow. His, his IMDb photo is him with a faux hawk uh biting what looks like i don't know in a t-shirt that just says you are here <laughs> yeah i i recently checked his twitter out and it was just him like singing along to ukulele music but the winds were really heavy so you couldn't hear what he was saying <laughs> i don't think he changes up who he is very much honestly no i mean he half the time he's playing characters named peter so or dante or dante and they're always very That's similar what? That's why they said they couldn't come up with a name for him for this movie, so they just named him Dante because that's his last name. <laughs> I. So good. Is there a chance that he is actually all their weed dealer? So they just started bringing him in because <laughs> in the trivia of this movie, they had fake weed for the movie, of course, and apparently Peter Dante brought his own. So every time he did a bong hit, he was actually doing one, and then at the end of filming, he told Alan Covert. That he needed to go to the hospital because he didn't couldn't feel his legs. I don't I don't know about that. I'll look that up. But anyway, fun fact. Or I want you guys. How much do you think Peter Dante is worth? Net worth? Twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> money. <laughs> Low ball, my man, at twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with like eighty million. <laughs> you are way I don't too know. high. <laughs> Maybe he sold a lot of weed. See, this is Price is, Price is Right moves. Uh, he is, I win. He's $10 million net worth. I mean, according bad. to the website you're looking at, he might have some stock. <laughs> he might have some stocks. I mean, maybe he has some Sandler bucks. You don't know. Is that the script that Adam Sandler gives out to the actors in his movies? <laughs> hey, I'd take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are not following any kind of line of conversation about this movie not really because i mean there the one theme really is um men are immature at times and they like uh to have this performative masculinity where they seem cool in front of people but normally mm -hmm. as you grow up you stop doing it um like i still act cool in front of my friends because i'm a cool guy but ben does he <laughs> what's the truth oh not at all i mean it's it's yeah. a debatable i uh I can't remember the last lie I told all you guys, but I say so many of them. You were employed. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot the. Did yes, you hear I me? Did. I I didn't hear it. So that you were employed. Ben and Joe <laughs> thought I was unemployed for like nine months, and then and then when I was talking about my job, they're just like, "What are you talking about?" Um, it might have been it might have been like two years. Honestly, I have no idea how long you guys thought. It was, it was a long stretch of time that we were convinced you were unemployed. Yeah, well, and then that's a story yeah. for another day. <laughs> uh, 
we we were all out drinking and then they made fun of me and then told everyone we met that I was unemployed as if it was the most important thing. It was a good time. Um, which like, hey, now I am unemployed. I mean, it's quarantine time. My job does not exist. But uh, this is your job now. It is. <laughs> Someone pay us for this. What the hell? The yeah, I I I gotta say, I don't think for most people that the the shit talking friendly rivalries ever stop because like most dads do it i see and those are the only adults i ever see are dads i don't know i feel like, like i have that's what golf is right perception i have a skewed perception of this because i play games um and i definitely like i don't play a lot of video games necessarily uh but i used to and i definitely did a lot of shit talking then but also when i played tabletop games there's a lot of shit talking that happens at the table and i I, like all my friends are are big nerds so my perception is skewed i feel like so i mean i guess for me yes that's the reality but is that true for normal people i think anyone who plays a lot of games kind of does it i mean i i even uh we we have a friend who's a priest and i rib him when we play games and he he comes back at me too good time like i'm just surprised you're not talking about fantasy football right now because that's where i see most of your shit talking oh going down. boy yeah uh i do i do see a lot of shit talking with my students um like whenever we do group games they get really into playing jeopardy like i have to stop them sometimes sometimes that comes out of me too like what do you mean they raise their hand first that was my buzzer oh my god they're very competitive and then they like trash talk each other and i mean Sometimes Jeopardy want, makes you want to throw hands. Um, but I guess it, it comes down to, is is that competitive streak a bad thing? I generally think no, until it, like, obviously is. Um, there's, you know, of course, people who are insanely toxic and, like, go past the game thing. Like, y- yeah, you can talk shit all you want about, like, being better at chess than someone. That's fun. That's a good time. Well, to bring it... To bring it back to this movie, that's kind of how it works in the movie because after, like, after Nick Swordson beats someone in a game, for example, it's not like he continues to lord it over them forever. It's just, like, playful ribbing. It's not part of his identity, necessarily, that he beat someone in a game. But then you have JP, whose whole identity is based around this very competitive thing. Like, I am the smartest person. I look down on all of you. And it gets bad enough to the point that he will he will cheat to get his way. I mean, like, I'll cheat in a game. That's fine. I don't have any morals that way. That's just how you win. But I'm also like, I don't know. The thing is, JP just calls people like the whole calling people peasants. And like, he's not doing it in a competitive nature. He's just taking that competitive nature to real life and making everything about that. Like, I'm better at Halo than you. Therefore, you're trash and worthless. And I don't have a problem saying you're trash at Halo. That's cool. That's a fun time. But I guess like, yeah. If it gets personal, it's pretty weird. Who knows? Um, I will say that it gets personal sometimes. <laughs> I mean, kind of feel a little bad when you're going to bed, but um, sometimes you just snap. <laughs> I mean, they, they prod you quite a bit. I, I've seen you get added uh, about 20 times in a day and then seen you snap, so that's that's a little different. It's the... I'm trying to think of like what the main... It's like when you you bring up the fact that you're good at a video game to someone who doesn't care. Like, that's when it gets, like, weird. You're just, like, bragging. Yeah, it, it's like how I do this. It's, like, I'm provoked. I do this as a joke all the time where I constantly talk about how I'm the best Mario Party player of all time because it's such a, like, asinine thing to be the best at that it's funny to me. But, like, I'm imagining if I, like, took it really seriously and got people's face, how how much I'd hate myself. It's kind of like when people brag about their D&D characters. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the worst thing. I've. Oh, man. It's happened so much to me. It's happened so much to me, too. I really do empathize with Linda Cardellini's character in this movie mm-hmm. because I have been the only woman in a room full of nerdy men who act like this before and it's not pleasant (laughs) um and uh i i they could have probably taken it up a notch with samantha's character um and the harassment that she received because it was uh pretty mild when it comes down to it 
You know, one thing that never happens is that her boss never hits on her. Kevin Nealon doesn't hit on anybody. Yeah. Adam Sandler movies is that there's really good parallelism happening with different characters to help reveal the character. There's not a lot of direct characterization in these movies. It all happens like through their words and their actions most of the time, which I think is, you know, pretty yeah, good I mean, writing. Even some of the writing that you get. Kevin Nielsen's character, who's a huge hippie <laughs> doing yoga on his shelf in a furnitureless room, is mirrored by JP in his matrix setup for his computer with no furniture in a white room. Like those are supposed to be parallel images. It's just that one is hurts your eyes and your ears because he's listening to techno <laughs> and the other one's just like supposed to be calming and nice and it's mm-hmm. i mean until it turns out that earthworm jim being a turf uh well, i thought i also was... i also like in this movie we don't get nick Swartzen saying come on alex we're co-workers like we don't get stupid lines like that like the info dump line yeah. He just says, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, we don't know that they work together until, like, he shows up at their work. And I like that. I like that in a movie. I don't need you to tell me everything. Like, Alex, I'm your grandma. Come on. Like, we don't get any of that. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me everything, yet you want this weird prequel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's got you, a point You're there. right, Ben. That was hypocritical of me. Yes. that that's That is true. Thank you for calling me out on that. I think, though... <laughs> that they ad-libbed more in this movie than most. And I think that's kind of why that came out. And I think... You know they did. Yeah, they... uh At one point when he's uh, talking about his car bed and he just keeps going <laughs> and Adam Covert tells him to shut up it was because they couldn't get Nick Swartzen to stop ad-libbing any other way <laughs> and that was the only way to end the scene. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. It's such a good scene, too. I love Nick Swartzen. Yeah. Most of the Nick Swartzen scenes are probably my favorite scenes in the movie. Dude, just him him taking questions the day after he has sex. Um, yes. And they're like, oh, hey, do you think she invented the hand job? No, I do not. Oh, but I do think she invented the finger in the butthole during a BJ. <laughs> who wants to smell my S- Who wants to ask me questions about my STD from the Great Depression? <laughs> That's another thing that I like about this movie too is that they don't treat sex with the grandma as something disgusting or grace as something disgusting Mm -hmm. the only time that um (laughs) like when it's when the three of them come there and they think that uh alex has been having sex with all three of them well yeah Uh, they they treat that as disgusting because it's his grandma and even nick swartzen does just call him a legend for that yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, because he's like jerking off on my mom is one thing. <laughs> also, like, yeah, I, I never did mention what the Lara Croft incident with the doll was, but uh, <laughs> it did end up with, uh, yeah, yeah. Alan Cover accidentally jerks <laughs> off on Nick Swardson's mom. It's you know, you know what? And that scene is less gross than a very similar scene that happens in Deuce Bigelow. Too, yes. So. <laughs> Um, they don't, they don't show, uh, a splooge, so that's, that's good. <laughs> I do love that line, though, where he's like, how many people did you tell about that thing with me and your mom? I don't know, like, 13? I definitely use that quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> also, he's like, why was it a secret? I just love their, their inability to know that they shouldn't be saying this is so good. It reminds yeah. me of, uh. Several people I've known through the years who just do not know when to not be saying stuff. I know me and Ben have shared that look across a room like, holy shit, this person is saying some stuff. Yeah. Eject, eject. <laughs> oh yeah, the ripcord. <laughs> ripcord. <laughs> you, you do get that a lot in very nerdy circles. Yeah. The oversharing. Uh, it... Because for, for a lot of people, having sex is the pinnacle of coolness. Yeah, that's that's what I say all the time. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about? I'm still laughing. I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk at all about JP's robot voice? Or is that just funny? It's just <laughs> funny. My favorite scene in this movie was when he was facing the wall. Oh like, my god, oh. yeah. 
Alex comes out of meeting with Samantha because he's burned his hands and he's like behind on his work. He comes out of the office and JP is standing there facing the wall like with his like leather jacket lifted slightly or leather trench coat. And Alex is like, what are you doing? And they just have like a back and forth conversation. But and when the scene ends, he whispers, JP whispers to himself, how can he see me? And I lost it. That was so funny to me. Like, honestly, <laughs> I think in every line of that conversation, I laughed. Like, oh yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, I, I know. Like, um, oh, go ahead. I see. I use the how do you how did he see me a lot too. I realized watching it last night that I repeat a lot of these quotes in my everyday life, probably at least five times a week. Like when we're playing Call of Duty, if I get shot, how did he see me? It's definitely coming out of yeah. my mouth. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, like, this is really a, a linchpin for me of when I don't trust critics, because giving this, like, a 15% rating is so wild to me. That's... I know it's, I know it's even more wild. I found this out. The movie only made $6 million in theaters, made $50 million in DVD sales. And some of those DVD sales were stolen, Alex. I doubled someone's DVD sales because that guy definitely bought another copy. That's not how that matters. He went and works. bought another copy because I stole his. How do you um, know? Because it's a really good movie. <laughs> I guess if, if you're carrying around Grandma's Boy in your duffel bag, you're probably pretty attached to the movie. Uh, you raise I think also, um, the place I was snowboarding, my, my stepdad worked for a outdoor sports uh, company, so we got discounted tickets there. The people going there were all rich as hell. They can afford an extra grandma's boy or two. Okay, um, I have a correction to make from the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. This is straight from IMDb in the goofs section. Alex's grandma and two old friends make tea from his pot stash and get high. THC does not dissolve in water and they would not get high. Although you can make tea that will get you high, that is not the way to do it. So there you go. Grandma's been around the block. You don't know how Grandma makes. Yeah, maybe, maybe she chopped it real fine, put it in there. Well, maybe, maybe that proves uh, they just need an excuse to have fun. Wait a minute, it doesn't dissolve in water. I mean, maybe they. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into that recipe. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd they get it in there? Apparently, if you dissolve it with butter or another fatty oil, which makes sense, um, considering how like. Yeah. Marijuana cooking works. Maybe, um, maybe they... Uh, it's fat soluble. Maybe they make their tea out of, like, chicken stock. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> mm, this is good. It's, it's, it's thick and oily. Love it. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. I made, my feel, Gross. I made myself feel a little ill on that one. Because you drank no, chicken I'm just stock thinking tea? of chicken stock, like just taking some gulps. It's very gross. <laughs> Another trivia question: Do you know what drinks are laid out on the table for all the testers when they're in the meeting? Balls. Oh, are you talking about balls yeah. energy drinks? I guess balls. <laughs> Is that your yeah. guess? Gamer fuel. No. It was it was vitamin water. <laughs> but I like your guess. I like your guess way Ball, better, dude. Every balls like a blue glass yeah with bottle. the weird bubbles on it every yeah. single like <laughs> gaming cafe i've ever been to has just a stock of balls <laughs> just stock of balls i guess stock of them balls um i guess the only other thing i want to say about the movie is i just like going back and looking at all like the uh the easter eggs and stuff it was cool that they like tried to put like games in there that like actually existed and uh like Phadrian's Quest, uh, it's the poster opposite of Gay Robot when he's doing the Kenny See Me thing. Um, that is like has a striking resemblance, to like Leisure Suit Larry. Never played that game. And then they said that uh, a lot of like the posters around Brainasium were actual Game Informer covers. Yeah. And I just thought it was cool there that they actually. There was a, like, a solid it. snake statue in the background at one point too. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people were like, you know, that's a bunch of product placement, dumb. But it, I'm like. Hey, I actually believed that they would work there for once. I never believed that people would work at these places in movies and for, you know, they were playing Halo. And I'm like, yeah, they would be playing Halo then. Halo was the best game at that time. 
So I don't know. I think people are wrong. Although the fans are with us on this one. We got an 85. Especially those stupid critics. I, I just hate critics. Like a lot. The reviews are just, they're just so short. They just sound bad. <laughs> like, there's nothing to their reviews. <laughs> Find one. And it's just like, it pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, I saw one that, that said, you'll be on the edge of your seat seeing how bad this movie can get. And I'm like, really? Have they seen Master of Disguise? Yeah. Movie. Um, Go ahead. What did we learn about Adam Sandler? Hmm. I don't, maybe that when he's a little more hands-off and giving young talent like Nick Swartzen uh, a bit of a leash but a little bit of free reign, you can make some real good movies. Um, and also that niche comedy maybe works really well. I do like the one guy's review on Rotten Tomatoes. Better than some Sandler movies. <laughs> Just a 2.5 out of 4. Thank you, sir. God, <laughs> better than some. Better than some. Yeah, I don't think we really learned that much. This is, which is upsetting for me, given that this is probably my at least top two Adam Sandler movies. Uh, what are we? What are we watching tomorrow, Alex? We're watching The Benchwarmers, a 2006 movie. I think about baseball. I think it's David Spade and Nick Swartzen again. I don't know how Nick Swartzen got into two of these, but it'll work. I think they were saying that this is the only Benchwarmers and Grandma's War are the only two movies that he's. Like affiliated with that he doesn't actually appear in. Hmm. Oh, Adam Sandler? Adam was Sandler. he in oh. the first Deuce Bigelow? Nick Swartzen? No. no, he yells something in it though. So that that counts as a cameo. Oh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, he does yell. He does yell something in that one. Um. Hey, does that mean are you guys are you guys gonna watch the oh, hot yeah. chick? We've already seen. We it. already did. <laughs> it was pretty okay. I liked it. It's better than oh, you think. Yeah. Hey, no, you don't have to tell me. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I feel like you could have just done this entire podcast off your memory. I probably could have. Um, there's a couple. I never saw Overboard. Oh, yeah. you don't need to worry about it. That one's a, you can make you can make I, some stuff up. You'll probably get pretty close. Hot chick's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I think the least seen movie on this entire list is Strange Wilderness. I've only seen one scene from that I movie. I can't believe you've seen a scene. That's I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, I've never even heard it. Yeah. Didn't even know that it was a movie. Just remember, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'll just... <laughs> yeah, it's only about a week away now. So, uh, but no, the one scene is great. They're in an RV, something's leaking, and that's all I'm going to tell you. And then once you see it, you'll be like, "Oh, that's the scene." <laughs> oh no, well, we got that in five days. We're close. Okay. Wow. What's your lineup coming up? You got Benchwarmers. Then you guys have done one of these yeah, a night. Where this yeah. This is 24 days in a row. It's Benchwarmers, then you... Click. And then Rain Over Me, a great movie. I like Click too. Yeah, I remember kind of liking Click, but also I didn't. I didn't even like it when I was a kid. I remember that very, very vividly. That I didn't even like. You it. You sound like you're a tough sell, yeah. though. I'm got not. This six point one thing going on over here. <laughs> I'm not a tough sell. I laugh at a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm still surprised you laughed seventy times. Mine was probably seventy the first time I saw. I mean, it, it's yesterday. It is a thousand times easier to laugh when someone else is in the room. It's oh, yeah. Yesterday, I was just smiling, literally just in bed, like, you should go to sleep. And it's like, no, this is too good. I'm probably going to watch it again. <laughs> uh, I own it forever. Fine, yeah, now. you can just watch it whenever. There's $3.41. Every time you go to we'll work out, watch you. this movie for the whole time. I do feel like I kind of derailed your guys' structure to your show a bit today. I, I mean, no, when it comes down to it, though, there there's not really... much thematic to talk about in this movie yeah it was just a comedy without really any themes or like yeah bosses screw you over and prodigies what's the word prodigy you say it? prodigies yeah uh they they don't really exist in the way people like to think they do jp is more like elon musk than like than like iron man as in he stole yeah. all his work. Um, I you need to, uh, if you want me on for another one, I think you should do one more with Joe and I oh, on the call. Oh. <laughs> I'm try- I don't even know what we'd have. If, if Jess gets sick, I'll have to get you both on. We'll do it for <laughs> Joe Dirt 2. Or just, or just Joe Dirt 2's on the list. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say, is that the movies that don't have Adam Sandler in them, we tend to not be able to say as much about. The mm-hmm. exceptions being Deuce Bigelow and the Hot Chick, surprisingly. Do you have the whole list you can send me just so I can yeah. look at this? Because a lot of movies that pop up, that I'm like, what? 
that one's on the list. I I will I yeah. will send you the list when we're done here because there's I mean there's sixty of them so. You can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter, and you can also find our games at wannabegames.com. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can find us there at patreon.com slash wannabegames. But why don't you give to the Trevor Project instead? Um, also, and you can find, yeah. we have a free game called Let's Be Grandma, where you could go remake uh, all the fun grandma scenes. It's free. Go play it. That's how I'm going to get my prequel magic in. <laughs> It's a yeah. real game. We yeah. made a game called Let's Be Grandma. You go recreate all the grandma scenes from no, Grandma's you, Boy? No, you just can do that in the game if you wanted to. You could, yeah. In the game, you <laughs> use hard candies to bribe your ch- grandchildren into doing things. But if you lose the respect of all of your grandchildren by failing actions, you are no longer a grandma and you lose. Yeah. It, I am so confused and I'm not even going to ask any further questions on it. <laughs> uh, ben, do you want to do you want to plug anything, Ben? If you if you want to watch uh, Grandma's Boy, do it because it's the best comedy ever. Yeah, you can find. If you want to watch it with me, come on over. I have it for three dollars and forty one cents on Amazon Prime. Uh, what's your full address, hand zip code? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Josca. Alex. What? I already said. I said mine, right? No. I I interrupted you. Okay. You can't find me on twitter but find me on instagram at at belly smokes you are belly smokes there oh that's good and i'm at kitty crusade and the last thing that alex tweeted is please take my wife 